welcome to Four-Legged Kids Unleashed, a peek inside 25 years of private care for St. Louis pet families. I'm Janie Budnick, president and founder of Four-Legged Kids. Get ready for stories from the trenches, along with a bit of advice for you pet parents out there, because our day is way more than cuddling your cute puppers and fluffers. Today, we will be talking about how to properly winterize your dog. That's kind of how it sounds, right? Makes me laugh like we're totally talking about a car engine here or something. Of course, your dog, much like a car engine, needs to operate at their prime, right? And since we are in the winter season, we have to be prepared not only for winter for ourselves, but for our pets, even though they wear those nice, cute little coats. There are a lot of things that we need to consider. Of course, in our wacky Missouri weather, one day it can be in the 60s and the next day it can be in the 20s. So you always need to be prepared during the season, pretty much November through March, right? Now, there are many safety concerns during the winter that we, of course, don't have during other seasons. So here's a few general pet care tips for you to think about. First... When it is winter time, it takes their bodies and their metabolism a lot more energy just for normal functions. Of course, if they are outside and they are romping around in the snow or, you know, if they're outside sliding on ice, either way, it is going to take more of their energy to be able to do that than it would in a normal weather time period. Of course, if they are outside and they start shivering, that takes up a lot of extra energy also. So you might notice that you need to increase what they need. If they are expending that much extra energy, you need to make sure that's provided for, especially in our dogs that do have high energy at all times during the year. They are probably going to need a little bit of an uptick in the amount of food that they get over the winter time to support their bodies. Now, if your pet has long fur, you still need to keep them groomed and free of mats. If they have that matted fur up close to the skin, especially with these doodles, it's adorable for for owners to let the hair grow out in the wintertime because then they look like their cute shaggy selves. But we all know that doodles are a handful at grooming time and unfortunately even though they like to be long and shaggy in the winter that matted fur can create different areas of exposure it can trap moisture in between the mat and the skin Uh, it can actually decrease that insulating ability of those long uh, the long fur in some of those thicker undercoats even in some of our other breeds like Pyrenees and such that do have those thicker undercoats. Sweaters, clothing. I always giggle every time I see a dog with a sweater on because they're so stinking cute. Uh, But you think about it, we put in layers over the wintertime, don't we? I mean, you know, you might have something that's extra flannel, flannel lined leggings, flannel lined jeans, so many things that are out there now. Gosh, we can even get our little battery powered heated garments that we can wear. I mean, of course, short-haired dogs don't have as much fur to keep them insulated as long-haired dogs, so those are the ones that we always look at first. An extra layer in the cold is going to make them a much happier pup, and of course, you know, there's all sorts of little styles that you can go with these days, but, you know, it's kind of nice. They can 
they can pee and poop faster if they're not shivering all over the place, right? Because when we have to bundle up and go out with them, that's what we want is to make sure that they are on target and they go as quickly as possible so we're not shivering while we're waiting for them. Now, if you really think about it with water intake, I know, you know, in my case, we have some really slobbermouth dogs over here that, you know, act like they're swimming in the water bowl as opposed to just taking a nice little tidy drink. And so water goes everywhere. So what do we do? Yeah, it's pretty intelligent. We leave our water outside. So all the drippy grossness goes outside and we have a nice clean mouth when they come back in. Well, that's not quite as practical in the wintertime. You look out there and the water bowl is frozen. So you are always replacing that. Now, some people might be tempted to think, hey, it's uh, it's an ice cube. It's still water, right? Or, hey, there's snow outside and my dog's eating the snow. They're getting enough water that way, aren't they? Nope, nope, nope. They need to have access to fresh water even during cold times and when there is snow there. Uh, you just cannot get enough moisture Uh, and fluid intake off of snow and licking a frozen ice bowl. Of course, it is a nice thing to have plastic bowls outside during the winter months. Um, Definitely a a thought if we have any fans here of Christmas Story and I triple dog dare you, right? Um, Well, you know, those stainless steel bowls can have their own little uh, punch occasionally when your dog ends up licking it with their nice little warm tongue. Uh, you know, if you do want to have your water bowl outside, there are some great heated water bowls out there. Love those. Um, so definitely you can consider getting one of those. Uh, any one of the, you know, pet supply stores do have those available for you, or even a local farm supply store can have that too. You always want to make sure that they do have plenty of fresh, clean, unfrozen water, right? And then there are certain outdoor tips that you need to keep in mind during the wintertime for your dogs. First of all is the possibility of extra things that could be poisonous. Most people have heard about this, but do you take the dangers of antifreeze seriously? Have you ever had maybe a leak in your vehicle and pulled out and saw that there was a puddle of something in your driveway, didn't know what it was, and just went on your merry way, didn't stop to check it. Sure, it could be a little oil leak. There's several things it could be, but antifreeze is one of the most dangerous things. And I mean, did you know for dogs and cats that antifreeze is like an open Hershey's bar to a chocoholic? I mean, it is, well, I mean, I've never had it myself, but presumably it is sweet and tasty and they are attracted to it. Uh, If you have outdoor cats, they can walk through any drips from your vehicle and then they can lick their paws and that could possibly cause serious side effects, even death. A medium-sized dog can die from just five tablespoons of antifreeze. It completely wipes out their kidneys and sometimes treatment just isn't successful depending on how much they've had. Uh, Back when I used to work at the animal emergency clinic, this would be a regular thing, having dogs, especially dogs, that would come in after ingesting antifreeze. The process was rough for them. It was rough for everybody, and we all had to join together to try to save them because it was a serious medical emergency. If you think that your pet has ingested any type of antifreeze or if there's a question, 
don't wait. I mean, seriously, call the vet, call the vet, drive immediately to the emergency animal clinic if it's after hours. You don't just want to sit around and say, hey, okay, so we'll see if it causes any problems. If there is any question, you have to get your dog in. If you observe them eating some of it yourselves, you need to get them to vomit. It has to be something that is right away. If they have ingested it previously and it has been in their digestive system for, gosh, more than even 15 minutes or so, vomiting is probably not going to help. Uh, They definitely need to go in and get medication to prevent it from causing any damage. Of course, the simple thing could be making sure that your garage is clean, there's no spills, that you keep an eye on what your own vehicle or anyone at your house might have leaked and actually find out what it is and don't assume, right? And then when you are out driving around, be careful of some of those puddles even. Um, You know, they can wash off other people's driveways, other antifreeze, and, and have a combination of a lot of different nasty things. You should never let your dogs drink out of puddles because there's I mean, besides the possibility of parasites, the list goes on and on. Fresh water at home or that you take with you on your walk is always the best deal there. Another thing that I get super tickled over, it's not really something that we see a lot here in the St. Louis area. Go north and these babies are everywhere. Doggy snow boots. Have you seen those? I can't even think of the last time I've seen one here in St. Louis, but... There are some serious styles now. Funniest ones that I have seen out there, uh, they are boots that you slip on and then there's kind of this nylon strap that goes up and over their back to hold them on. So, um, I don't know, it looks like something out of Victoria's Secret when you look at it that way, but there are a lot of different styles for these doggy boots. And if you're looking at doing those, if you have dogs that are very prone to having sensitive paws and you're concerned about things out on the road just in general, you do want to desensitize them to wearing these because the first time you pull them out, they're going to be like, what the holy crap are you doing to me? You know, you're going to need to really use some positive reinforcement. Um, a lot of, you know, just having them there, letting the dog, getting the, getting used to them, giving them treats, you know, putting them on for a period of time and gradually increasing the time that your dog has them on. And then you can start that positive association that, hey, my boots are coming out. That means I'm going for a walk, Right. So there are several other things that you can consider doing if you are not the boot type. You do have to make sure that your dog's paws are well taken care of. One of the biggest risks in the wintertime, especially in our area, is the brine, the salt brine that they put out on the roads along with rock salt. That stuff, uh, you know, if you leave it on your own skin for any period of time, it's going to cause your skin to to dry out and crack. And it does the same thing to your dog's paw pads. You want to make sure when your dog comes home after a walk, clean those paw pads off. Um, If you have a dog that is, I guess, kind enough to let you touch their paws, that is another desensitization, desensitization thing that you can work on when your dog is a puppy to get them very used to that. Great idea to keep a little uh, doggy wash basin inside your door. They actually sell those cute little dog wash things that, uh, or little little cups that you can put uh, your water in there and stick your dog's paw in there and get it all rinsed off and then dry them off well. So you definitely want to make sure you wash those. And if you start to notice that 
your dogs are getting irritated on their paws or they've been prone to it or they're outdoor breeds like the Huskies and the Pyrenees and the Shepherds, those that really like to run around and be outside. And when you call them in from the backyard, they look at you like you're stupid because they are in like their complete wonderland. There are certain things like uh, Musher's Secret dog wax and things like that that you can uh, put on their paw pads to just give that extra layer of protection so they don't get winter damaged and sore. And then, of course, since we're speaking about those extremities, yes, dogs can get frostbite. I mean, whether they have long or short fur, you really have to think about those extremities. Um, most susceptible, of course, nose, tail, uh, ears, things like that. Uh, exposure areas where there's not really, really fantastic blood flow in the first place. You really need to look for discoloration of the skin. Um, it might be like pale or bluish in color. We do have quite a service now with chickens and this is something that we have noticed a lot is the comb. Comb and wattle are both very susceptible to frostbite. So of course we always recommend that you know our clients that have chickens have that heat lamp that the chickens can be in in their house that it is always functioning, right? Uh, of course, with chickens, you, you know, want to make sure they have fresh water also. So they're likely going to need some sort of a, a heater source for their water. Um, we, have, we have gone in and we have had chickens who have had the start of frostbite. And it's very noticeable because it will be blanched out. It will be, it will be white. And, you know, when you touch it, it just, the color does not change. And that's really when you hit that damage point. I mean, it kind of goes from that, that, you know, bluish white to black when it just dies. And that definitely you don't want to have, have that happen to any of your animals, but always watch out and just don't leave them outside for any long period of time. You know, there are charts out there on appropriate length of time for various sizes of dogs. The size of your dog, the breed of your dog, whether or not they have an undercoat can determine how long they can be outside safely. You need to follow those. A lot of times, you know, they're self-limiting and they'll want to come inside whenever they are feeling uncomfortable. But, you know, most of all, Let's take care of all of our animals in the St. Louis area. If you do see an animal left out in the dangerous cold without any kind of adequate shelter, try to speak to its owner. Uh, you know, see if there's anything you can do there. Sometimes just a little nudge is helpful. And if it looks like it's a situation where there is just not a good resolution, then absolutely 100% notify the local animal welfare agency, whether it's you know, city animal control, whether it's county rabies control, whether it's the Humane Society, let's take care of all of our pets in the area and absolutely take care of yours. Hopefully these tips have helped you during this crazy winter that we're already having for your dogs. We will talk soon. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to this episode of Four-Legged Kids Unleashed. If you are needing dog walking and pet sitting yourself, check out our website at fourleggedkids.com. And as always, if you have a warm heart for another cold nose, make sure you visit one of our sponsored shelters at fourleggedkids.com forward slash rescue.